good to be with everyone again today. It's a very, very full event, uh, I think, with more than 1,200 people registered. We, we want to use the time as carefully as possible to help as many of you as we possibly can. And I think it's going to be a bit of a challenge today because, as always, with an audience of this size, we have people that are at various degrees of experience in terms of their skill set as it relates to metrics. And we're trying to bring to you content that will help all of you. At times, we're going to see us talking about some of the more sophisticated aspects. But if you stay with us as we work through this event, we're going to try to help you with some very significant, very uh, powerful tools, built-in spreadsheets that you can use, and we're going to make, give you access to those tools. And we're also going to teach you some very basic principles that will help you through that. If you don't already know the topic, it is measuring what matters how simplifying your metrics can increase marketing ROI by up to 75%. And uh, we might just point out that today ROI is everything, particularly in this economy. Marketing experiments estimates that up to 75% of the data web marketers collect is either misleading or inaccurate, which is a significant problem if you're trying to accurately project ROI. I think I've watched the net evolve. I've been on it in the early days before there was even a Netscape browser. I used to type in Unix and, and uh, gopher strings. And as it's evolved in this testing, we've been talking about testing and testing. We've seen the whole uh, Internet world begin to adopt the philosophy of testing. I remember when I first spoke this way, it was foreign to many marketers on the net. We established what I think is the first internet testing lab many, many years ago, over 10 years ago, studying. And as I've watched the audience grow more sophisticated, I've noticed that many, many new people are telling me about the tests they're running and all the experimentation that they plan to do. And they, they throw around words like A-B split testing and multivariable. But over and over again, when I drill down into their metrics program or I look at the actual tests that are being conducted, I see validity threats and inaccuracies. All of this leads to uh, potential problems. Many times, uh, I think we'd be better not to test than to conduct an invalid test, because when we conduct an invalid test, we come away with a false sense of confidence and thus risk more capital than we likely should on that particular marketing campaign. Metrics is so important. We all know we need them. We all know they're, they're vital. And many of us have even invested to have complicated, expensive metric systems. But when it comes right down to it, most companies I talk to don't really know how to take advantage of the metrics tool that they have. It's often confusing. The reports are confusing, and they're not sure where they should be focusing their attention. Well, I should like to simplify a bit of that today, and in doing so, help you get a good sense for what you should be tracking, what matters the most, and how to discover the most important aspects of uh, the patterns taking place on your website. So, with that in mind, uh, I might point out that in April 2007, uh, surveys of marketers who either perform analysis themselves or received results from an agency noted that their number one marketing concern was the ability to use the data for decision uh, making. Their number two concern was accuracy of the data. Um, I think that's a pretty valid concern, and uh, I'd like to address it. And you can see listed on the slide some of the key areas that they felt were problems. Inadequate tracking, improperly configured measurement tools, faulty test structure, 
validity threats, and obviously inconclusive results. So we need to understand what to do in this morass of numbers that are coming at us every day. And to do that, I'd like to start with a simple case study that will show you how getting the numbers right can change your conclusions. We recently performed a very complex A-B test. It's really, technically, it's called single factorial. Test of both ad and keyword, CTR, or click-through rate, for a partner that owns multiple domain names. We grouped and selected domains into eight different test sets covering 50 different domain themes. This was fairly significant. We were trying to select these out of a pool of more than 500,000 domain names. The objective was to increase keyword and ad click-through rates. The primary research question was this, which domain template design will produce a higher keyword click-through rate and, uh, and a higher ad click-through rate? So if you can think about that, we wanted a design that would get more people to click through from the keyword and more people to click past that from the ad. With that in mind, we designed an experiment. And this is a bit of what this experiment looked like. The conversion paths for each of the tests were set up, as you can see here. And um, they're in groups with control IDs and test domain batch one and batch two and batch three, et cetera, et cetera. This went on. And then we ran the test. Now, in each treatment, we tested refinements to the already highly optimized pages. We applied our best practices from our research to reduce site flow disruption. And as you can see from the slide in front of you, we did a number of things. We moved generic photos, added linked keywords, underlined keywords to emphasize they were clickable. Uh, we removed the call to action arrows from the vertical navigation and did a number of other things uh, that we thought would improve performance. When we reviewed the overall performance of the test results, however, we did not observe any improvements in ad click-through rate from the treatments. So at first you look at the numbers. Let's see test one, test two, and test three. You can see the control was at 15.62%. The treatment was at 14.59%. Well, that's not much of an improvement. It's actually a negative uh, in terms of results, negative 6.61%. Look then at the next one. Uh, again, it was negative 1.92%. And the third test, negative 1.23%. Now, at marketing experiments, when a test does not produce a yield or a gain, we are not uh, necessarily disappointed because testing is about answering the right question. If we get the answer to the question, we know what to do next to move towards the yield. So we might have looked at these numbers and said, well, we need to try something different. But it didn't feel right because we knew from research best practices that we should have seen a lift somewhere. So we got more granular. Now, I'm going to show you what we did, but I want to point this out. If you're new to metrics, if you're not sophisticated so that when I talk about these kinds of tests, you think, well, this is completely beyond the kinds of problems I deal with on a daily basis, hang in there because we're going to get simple before we're done, and we're going to give you tools. But this is a good example of why you've got to get the numbers right. So we looked deeper, and uh, we identified 24 niches within the test results. If you look at the screen in front of you, you can see that here are three examples of basically subsets within the test. And if you study them carefully, and I'll just summarize, 
what you can understand is this. We were able to identify 24 niches where click-through rate increased by 5% to as much as 248%, with an average increase of 65%, meaning that this test, properly understood, could yield many, many millions of dollars for the research partner. So what do we learn from this? Essentially, examining the data from a granular perspective showed several hidden opportunities that we might not have seen before. This all brings me back to the central problem, and that is, what metrics do I pay attention to? How do I keep from being overwhelmed with this, this, this barrage of numbers that are in my data silos? And I think to help answer that, I want to actually ask you a question, if I could. I'd like you to, we're going to open up a poll. I'd like you to rate your own metrics capability. How would you characterize your web analytics experience level? So I'm going to open the poll, and as I do, let's see, let's see what you think. All right, so the poll is open. You can rate it on four levels, expert, fluent, moderate, or novice. Just click on the screen, and, uh, and we'll track. 16% of you have voted, and the numbers are coming in. 22% have voted. 27% have voted. Keep going. 42%. Part of this response that you're giving me is helping me to understand how, what level I should be teaching on at this present moment. If you're very sophisticated, uh, you may want to follow up with this privately, but we're going to try to help as much of the audience as we can with the level that we're going to be delivering content on. I'm going to close the poll now. And as I do that, you should be able to see the results. Just a moment. <laughs> Too much around me. All right. So look, look as you might see, according to your votes, 80, let's look, 42% of you would suggest your experience is moderate. 4% would say it's expert. And 32% of you are novice. Now that tells me a lot. That tells me that I've got to be careful today as I try to help you. But bear this in mind. If at any point during this session what I start to stay, say sounds confusing, you're going to be all right. And that is because we are going to also be sending you this entire presentation, and you'll be able to listen to the audio again, read the content, and from that you'll be able to glean more results that perhaps can help you. All right, so let's quickly move then to another story. This is a case study where we performed a variable cluster test for a business selling financial information subscriptions. You may note that we, um, we ourselves... Um, developed uh, variable cluster approach to testing. It's part of a patent we have that we teach in our uh, certification course on this subject. The object was simple, to increase conversions to paid subscriptions. A lot of you on this line want to get more people who see an offer to buy. So our primary research question was, which offer page will produce the highest sign-up? And we had some secondary research questions. For instance, which price point will convert the best? We wanted to know if a single annual payment, a single annual payment with with no free trial or a monthly payment with a free trial would pay the most. So think about that. Annual payment with a free trial, annual payment with no free trial, or monthly payment. With that in mind, we designed a test. We won't dwell long in the past, but this is what the test looked like. And here are the results. If you study the path, if you study the table, 0.24% 
was the control conversion rate, 0.27%, was the treatment conversion rate, and it didn't really seem all that significant. But once we studied the data further, guess what we discovered? When you consider lifetime value, and I prefer to think of a customer in terms of annual value in most cases, difficult to project lifetime value, but when you look at the lifetime value per visit, ROI on annual payments was significantly higher than the monthly payment option. It was 872% in the control and 300% more in the treatment. So what does that mean? Well, the partner should consider this continuing with the payment option. But know that if you didn't look at the right numbers. So let's talk a bit about what it is that we need to be looking at. And before we do that, let me just hit you with a key point. The lifetime value per visit is one of the essential metrics online marketers should consider tracking, and it shocks me that most marketers I speak to cannot give me an accurate number in this way. We need to know what a customer is truly worth before we can make smart decisions. I know cash flow is important. I know that that monthly revenue, the amount of money he represents to you in the short term is vital. But he or she can still be very important to your business's future, and certain decisions can be made, even if you're mindful of cash flow urgencies, certain decisions can be made and will be influenced and will be better decisions if you understand the lifetime value. So I could go on. I have a third case study. I'm not going to look at that case study just yet because I think I'd like to get down to some questions with you. We'll come back to this. It's really quite interesting, and you can remind me to come back to it if you'd like. But I'm going to go forward for just a bit, and I want to talk to you instead about some of the things that we're learning. We'll come back to the study itself. By the way, you may have questions for me, and if you do, please feel free to log in. We're watching those questions. And as we watch them, I think it will help uh, us come back and answer your questions. With that in mind, how would you characterize, and this is a question I want to ask you, which web analytics tool do you currently use? Because I want to talk to you about what you really need to measure. Which tool are you currently using? To ask you that question, it will help me kind of get a sense of what the audience is working with. I'm going to open the uh, poll. You can vote and tell us the kind of tool that you're using. And while you're doing that, I'm looking at some of the questions that are coming in. Jimmy Ellis, uh, one of my key optimization leaders, is on the phone call, and you'll be glad to know that someone has written in and said, why is not Jimmy not being paid $1 million a year for his genius? Uh, I don't know who said that, but they should get, like, a free compendium or The problem is Jimmy is a really, he's really good at optimization, but he has a serious problem as a kleptomaniac, and so we, we can't really <laughs> – he has limited value for these reasons. Uh, Stephen, please don't ask such questions in front of Jimmy. You can you can email me privately. Um, all right, so I, I'm looking online right now, and you have voted. Let's see what kinds of tools you're using most right now. And if you look, I'm going to show the results of the poll, and uh, you can see that the majority of you use free tools. That's 56% with Google Analytics being one, for instance. Licensed tools are only 19%. Outside vendors or consultants, 5%. And 20% use a combination of the above. 
All right, let's suppose you have the tool, free or not. What are the elements you actually need to measure on a website? If I can help you understand that, I think we can give you some tools that will help you achieve that. I'm not selling anything today, and I don't mean that we have metrics tools. I'm talking about spreadsheet tools that will help you analyze your data. So what we know for sure is that there are four elements that you can measure that are critical. The first is the amount of activity on your site. The second is the source of that activity. The third is the nature of that activity. And the fourth is the results of that activity. Now, I wrote about this three years ago when the web was in a different place. Perhaps two years ago. I'm not sure exactly when um, I'm managing it. They're saying two years. But if I know how much activity is taking place on my site, and if I know the source of that activity, and then if I know the nature, what are they actually doing, and then if I can measure what the result, the teleos, as they would say in the Greek, of that activity is, I can start to build a pattern. And before you're going to control results, you need to understand the pattern. I was with a group of my researchers in our uh, services group studying uh, these very issues this past week, and we were looking at a site, and I said, before we start to determine how to optimize this, we need to already know what people are doing on this site. Then we need to ask, what is it we want people to do on this site? And then we need to study what the gap is between the two and address it. So if you cut through the 41 different reports you can get from your metrics program, you're going to end up needing a few key metrics built within these four clusters. Now, this is very important, but before you get too, too involved right now in thinking what those four might be, may I, may I back up and suggest something to you? The metrics are useful because they indicate something to you far more important than what someone did on your site. Rather, they're useful to you. They're essential to you because they help you understand, rather, what someone was thinking as they moved through your site. If all you can do is see the action without understanding the thinking, you'll not be able to optimize the response. The key is to think of your metrics program as nothing more than an indicator of thought processes and the key to being uh, really brilliant when it comes to testing and marketing is to move beyond telling what the numbers indicate and discerning what the numbers indicate as it relates to the thought process. In fact, the sequence of thought taking place in the mind of the person experiencing your website or whatever it happens to be that they're interacting with. So when you think about the amount of activity and the source and the nature and the results, drill down deeply in your thinking. Go past what the numbers are saying. Don't just say to your marketing leader, well, we know that more people are clicking on this button than they are on that button, so let's do something about moving this button. If that's the level you're thinking on, you're still missing the point. You need to understand your metrics only so you can understand your market. And there's a different set of strategies that you implement when you begin thinking on this level. It's far more cognitive on their part than it is on yours. So with that in mind, I'd like to apply this because we have people on the line right now that are in e-commerce and lead generation and you have various needs. For instance, 
the key to identifying and tracking essential metrics is to first understand the business objective related to your category. So if you're in e-commerce, you need to persuade visitors to purchase products or suggestions, or I'm sorry, products or services. Um, if, if you are trying uh, a lead generation is your primary uh, business, then you need to capture information about a visitor to use in future communications, and it's very critical that you, if you look on this sample example metrics that you have on the right, that you begin to cluster what those are. I'm not going to say all of these to you. you. You can read this. You can get this report later and study it in depth. But I want to point out that in e-commerce, lead generation, or even in subscription marketing, in all three cases, there's going to be a small subset of common metrics. The problem with the names, let me give you an example. Uh, conversion rate, uh, revenue per visit or profit per visit. Do you know the problem with that metric? And I, I know that right now what I'm going to suggest may actually shock some of you or uh, anger some of you. The problem is the entire metric, its name, and we'll keep using these names because if we don't, you won't know what we mean. Those are all me-centric names. What they're suggesting is what you are worth to me, but they tell me little, very little about what I'm worth to you unless I think of them differently. I'd like to think of conversion completely different than simply whether or not I persuaded you to do something I wanted you to do, and that's what conversion suggests. The problem with those metrics, if you're not careful, is they already predispose, they predispose you to think in terms of what you want instead of in terms of what the customer wants. What you're really trying to measure is their satisfaction level. When you're looking at bounce rate, what you're looking really is at customer surprise or customer disappointment. You've got to understand if they were disappointed that this site wasn't what they expected, so they left. Uh, you've got to understand your metrics through a completely different lens, through the lens of their interest rather than yours. So when we look at essential metrics the way they're often presented, you're looking at things like who visited my website and from where did they come and which pages did they view and did they have any trouble with my site and what did they buy or sign up for. I find on that page of four metrics, all of them help me to start to think better about the person's mindset, but my favorite one is the fourth one because it becomes very focused on the experience of the user. Did they have any trouble with my site? Now, if I can understand that, then I can do something. And I want to give you a word. It's a single critical word that's vital if you're ever going to really master using your metrics properly to optimize a process. The key word is anticipation. Once you study metrics properly, you should be able to anticipate the sequence of thoughts. So let's suppose that you're on the line right now and you're not a mathematician and, frankly, you get, you know, all kinds of data, and it's almost uh, troubling. For some of you, it might even make you feel insecure because you're just not that expert at sorting through all of it. It's rather instead you could start thinking qualitatively about the experience of the user through their mindset, and then you look at your metrics program and say, I'm going to simplify, 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 and we're going to measure three or four key metrics, and they're going to mean everything about how we drive our business. And just to measure those three or four, we're going to make sure we get them right. We're going to make sure they're accurate. But we're going to, we're going to focus our energy so we're not worried about the other 60 metrics that we just can't seem to track uh, well. 
we're just going to get these three and further, and I have done this with companies, and I might recommend it for you. In fact, um, I did it this year with a company that's very critical to us. We hired a team of manual labor to take the metrics program and sort it out honestly and to send us a report every day until we could automate the process right. I see that report every single day. That report helps me to see what the truth is in terms of what's going on in the system, and I don't trust the metrics until it's been analyzed by the manual team. You say, well, is that worthwhile? Why, well, certainly it is. The cost of one man to get the metrics right is far, far less than the money we were losing before we had metrics we could count on. So, so I, is that the long-term solution? Absolutely not. It's being fixed. But it really made a difference for this company to start getting a few key numbers right. So I'm thinking about all this, and I want to move through the slides and help you, and I want to get you to a tool that will make a difference for you. So to do that, let me just first of all suggest some steps. These steps will help you start to get control of your metrics program. Now, again, we have a fascinating case study, and we may go back to that, but I think it's more important right now to help take what I've said and try to put some meat on the bones, make it actionable for you. So with that in mind, here's the first step. Check the reliability of your data. You need to have at least two sources of information to help you compare results. That's one of the real values of having some of these free tools because you can measure them up against what you are using even in your paid system. These tools can be a significant help for you and you should consider using those tools in your system. Once you are starting to feel like there is at least three or four key metrics with which you can get good, honest data, you need to calculate the cost and yield of each desired action on your site. Now, I think, Bob, that's going to lead to a discussion of a tool, the metrics tool that I've been talking to you about. There's actually a couple of tools we may point out before the day is over. We're going to show them the mapping tool as well. Okay. All right, so what I'd like to do right now is explain to you how to calculate the cost and yield of each desired action. Before I do that, I want to hammer one point home for each of you that are thinking about metrics. Every desired action on your site involves its own independent or at least linked but sub-value proposition. Your site has a value proposition associated with your company, but did you know that every other action that you're asking someone to take has its own value proposition? And if you can imagine the seesaw taking place in the mind of the prospect, you're saying, give me your email address, and he's saying, is what you're offering in exchange worth it? You're saying, click to this next page. She's saying, is it likely that when I click I'm going to find what I really want. She or he are weighing. They are weighing every single action you ask them to take. Now let's go down and drill on the metric and get the psychology. In a minute, I'm going to break this down for you so you can see how to measure this. My concern is that you're going to think of it as simply a measurement of an action instead of a measurement or an indicator of a thought process. This formula or these, this simple tool that Bob's going to lay out with you, Bob's our director of sciences, he's standing at my side, and in a few moments he's going to teach you this tool, and we're going to let you download it, and you can use it as you'd like. But 
It's essentially helping you understand whether or not the independent value proposition you have associated with that simple step is actually balanced properly. I can measure, based on the response, whether or not the thought process is a positive or negative in its outcome. The math will start to tell that. It will indicate that. And then it, it leads me to a different point where I have to take a key cognitive spade and unearth a deeper understanding. The cognitive spade that you should be applying once you get a hold of these numbers is the interrogative why. Once these numbers tell you what, do not make the mistake of stopping and feeling like you've done your thinking. Now you're in a position to do the real thinking. You must take the spade and dig. You must ask the question, why? Why are they not signing up for this email? Now, Bob, I'm going to take them to your tool, but I'm going to show them something from our sciences meeting today. John, will you assist me? You've been very helpful. I keep running you in and out. I'm standing in front of a bank of a uh, – there's 10 monitors in my room at present, and I have uh, our managing editor next to me who's worked on this brief and uh, Hunter – and uh, and then I have Bob standing next to me and John, and they're they're moving all around me, pulling up screens. It looks like a scene from Star Trek, I'm afraid. But uh, John, I I want to go to a browser. John's going to take me to a browser. These are not in my notes. I I'm constantly plugging my team by moving off script to try and help. And 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 these 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 events are not scripted anyway. They're just outlined. I I don't. I think it's better to speak extemporaneously rather than to read to you. But I want to show you our own site, and I want to show you what happened in a meeting today when we looked at our own marketing experiment site. And you had the, did you have the metrics from our site up? Is that what you pulled? That was smart. All right, so we're there. We're going to go there now so you can see it. Now, if you're at the marketing experiment site today, we were planning ten research projects with our sciences group and five on this site. And in looking at the metrics, we uncovered – where did you – how did you know to pull the metrics up, John? Very good. Where are they? Show them to me. Which? Okay. If you look at a spreadsheet, yeah. If you look at a spreadsheet, here's what we discovered today. Number one, we're not convinced anybody is seeing this great lead generation sign-up, subscription sign-up form on the, on the top left corner. After they've seen it once or twice, we want to measure banner blindness and work with it embedded throughout the site. But what I did not know until today when I, we, were, we were just breezing past it was that one of the most important pages on our site is called the Marketer's Blueprint. I don't even see how to get to it. Where is, where, where, where is it, uh, Bob? There it is. You the plan. It's a marketing blueprint. Now, it seems to me, once we looked at the traffic, that this, 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 this particular page um, is being broached or it's being visited by people who are trying to plan their marketing. And I've said, well, have we put enough resources in front of them to do this? Is that – what's that? It's a top ten page on Google. We also found that our, our, our article on value propositions was a, a top ten, top three or something on Google. I didn't know that. And then I found the biggest shock because my audience are professional marketers. But um, there's a New York Times best-selling book called The 4-Hour Workweek. When I looked at the 
numbers, what I discovered is that it's one of the largest referrers to our site currently because uh, the, the, the author of the site built the primary content in that book as a research partner with Marketing Experiments, and we ran the operation that he's writing about where he essentially worked four hours a week and made significant money. Now, I, I'm not promoting anything here. I'm just telling you that today when I got into the metrics to look at another study, I realized, wait a second, we should be meeting every single person that comes to our site who's coming from the four-hour work week from the book or from their website with a different message because we already know what's on their mind if they're coming from that book, and we're missing it. It's not so much the action as it is what's in the thinking of the person visiting the site. I've got to anticipate back to that word. All right, so let me just close out of our site. And let me say that the formula that you're looking at, YPX minus CPX, is, is not complex. CPX is the average cost per desired action. And YPX is the average yield. So what did it cost? What did we make? You want to learn how to make that calculation and use it with your metrics. And to do that, there's a tool. And, Bob, is this when I turn it over to you? Or do I talk about the tool? All right, so this is a tool you're going to download. Bob's going to explain it to you in just three slides. If it seems complex, don't worry, because we're going to come back and help you learn it, let you download it, etc. Bob, go ahead. Thanks, Mike. All right. Um, the purpose of the tool is really to, uh, to help you. I don't think you're being heard, Bob. I can't hear you. All right. Is that better? I'm not hearing you at all. No, it's uh Yeah, I don't think you're speaking, Bob. That might be a sign. <laughs> Am I speaking now? <laughs> I'm not hearing you still. Just take my head. Just take my set. Go ahead. All right. We're going to switch out. Bob, for some reason, can't be heard. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, that's okay. better, Bob. Thank you. Um, the purpose of the tool is to help you to understand what metrics are making a difference on your site. That is to... Uh, uh, to help you to uh, to work through the the morass of the uh, of the 40 different reports that you may be getting from your tools and from the uh, identify the things that are making a difference to your business um, and doing that in a numerical way. So the purpose of the tool is to uh, take the hundreds of different fields and different metrics uh, that are available to you in your reports. Um, filter through, identify the ones that um, uh, that translate into um, into success for you, whether that's uh, profitability or whether that's influence, uh, you know, what, whatever it is your, your goal is, um, and help you to identify what's working and what isn't, um, number one, in real time. And then um, uh, secondarily, to be able to look at some historical data on some of these metrics and identify uh, what's been happening and what you uh, should expect to have happen uh, in, in the near future. Uh, John, can you get the spreadsheet? Um, here on the. Uh, what I want to do is uh, take you to um, uh, to the actual tool. Thank you, John. Okay, um, this is uh, this is the actual tool that um, you'll see. Um, uh, this is the the sheet that was up, and um, here uh, we're trying to understand the um, uh, the essential uh, business metrics um, of. Um, of cost um, per action and uh, and yield uh, per visit, 
And um, uh, this tool helps you to uh, enter things about your historical data. You, you'll take um, the elements of the sheet from your um, from your accounting metrics. You'll take them from your uh, the metrics from um, uh, from your metrics tools. Um, the, and the first thing we have here is a, is a visitor. Um, if we um, uh, the example we did was for sale. And when you uh, when you identify uh, what it is that you want to measure and type it in here, the rest of the uh, of the sheet uh, uh, changes uh, accordingly. So you're going to enter information about your cost elements. Uh, you have non-marketing costs, which are facilities like rent and mortgage, utilities, and those things, um, uh, and then uh, product costs. And then you have um, you have your so these are all uh, non-marketing costs. Then Bob, you have, let me just uh, if I could just say this to you as well. For those of you that are listening, this tab, there's a number of tabs here, and Bob is just kind of on the setup tab. All of this gets calculated for you automatically, and even if subscription site, service, uh, retail, and, and we won't have time to go into all of this today, but I just want to point out that some of you are working in large enough companies that you're not going to be, inter you're not going to be entering some of this data, and you don't have to for the tool to work. But for a smaller business, a mid-sized business who's actually really trying to find what the ROI is, this helps you get down to cost. Very good. Thank you, Flint. Yes, yeah, so uh, the other tabs um, are, are tools, you know, like calculators, um, in order to help you to understand each of the elements that, uh, that you enter uh, here. Once you've uh, entered all these elements, um, what you'll come out with is a point-in-time picture of um, your monthly profit and, uh, and profit margin based upon uh, contribution of, uh, of this element. So um, the, other, uh, the other tools, if you happen to be a um, subscription site, um, there are calculators on the different tabs to help you uh, to, to understand um, uh, what the uh, key metrics you ought to have are, and you can fill these, uh, these things in. They help you to identify um, the elements that, um, that are associated with um, the things that we're talking, uh, talking about. In terms of what the uh, you know the, the Pareto principle, the 80/20 principle, which things uh, are making the most difference to your profitability? Once you have a point-in-time model, uh, a picture of, of how things were, then um, the time series projection uh, section of the tool helps you understand um, what is happening, what you should expect to happen, uh, have happen in the future based upon uh, what's happened in the recent past. So uh, when you have completed the essential metrics um, uh, tab and you get that, uh, um, that um, cost per order, um, yield per visit, uh, whatever the, uh, the metric is, you would uh, uh, come here and enter it for the last six months. Um, that will, then the rest of the tool will, will do the computations, and uh, um, what you'll see is a time series projection of, based upon the information you've entered about history, um, what you should expect to have happen uh, in the future based upon um, either a linear model, if that's uh, the, the tool does it automatically, it selects either a linear or exponential model, whichever fits better with the historical data, and it will project that out um, in whichever uh, is most appropriate to tell you what should happen in the future. So um, uh, download the tool, um, you know, uh, interested in, in your feedback um, on, on what you see there um, for the um, so the example that we um, so the example that, uh, that, that we did um, in the clinic um, here is um, 
here's uh, what we saw with uh, with an example case. Um, you know, uh, filled out the sheet and next one. Okay. And here's uh, here's an example that's uh, that's mocked up for average cost per order, um, the the six months of history. Um, by filling out the sheets uh, for the last six months are here, uh, the average yield per order, and we can see that uh, we have a potential uh, problem because the average uh, yield is um, uh, it's, uh, fairly low. We can see that the costs per order are increasing much more rapidly, so we should expect to potentially see a, uh, a difficulty in the future, and we can uh, look out um, and, uh, and act ahead. Excellent. All right. Now, Depending on your experience in the audience, okay, you're listening to Bob and you're going to have one of two thoughts. Wow, this is awesome. Let me get this tool and use it because it is. It's quite simple, really. Or your other, your other reaction is, oh, I thought we were simplifying metrics. Now I'm more confused. Now that's when I started. It's not Bob's fault. Uh, it's, it's because that in a very short period of time, he's showing you a very powerful tool that you can use to apply to your own metrics. May I suggest for you that if you see instantly how to use it, lovely, download it. If you don't, Feel free to download it, and as you see the tabs, it gets pretty self-explanatory. You enter your data in one time towards the end, and most of it always it will calculate as you update, and you'll be able to look at the things that matter the most for various kinds of sites. So let's move on from there. Thank you very much, Bob. Uh, and, and as we move on, I'd like to just, first of all, take a moment and ask you a question, and then try to drill down on some of those key metrics even further. Um, here's my question for you. Um, and I want to just use the I, – I just want to use the Q&A feature to do this rather than the poll that we have currently. Tell me a question or tell me the answer. In your own metrics program right now or your own metrics efforts, what's the greatest single challenge that you have in your own company when it comes to getting the right numbers? Somebody's asking also where they can get the download. We'll send it to you in the thank you. And also there's some links that we'll share with you, and you can go to our site and download this. All right? I'm looking at all your thoughts coming in. Someone says just getting it done. One says segmenting users. The technical analytics setup, that's a, that's a, that can be a problem. Cookies, CTR and conversion, different numbers coming in from different sources. Karen, good point. Mostly technical challenges with tags and the web causing errors. I think when we look back in 10 years, we'll laugh at how primitive our efforts were today. But the truth is, whether the efforts are primitive or not, we are really, it's still just as imperative today as it will be tomorrow for you and I to get actionable business data. So what should you be doing? And I, I want to try to help you with that in the most efficient way that I can. I want my audience to submit. I don't have a lot of time, but I want you to submit to me a, a subscription site first, and then I'm going to go from a subscription site to an e-commerce site. All right, if we have time, we'll look at a lead gen site. I want your own site to look at, and I'm going to talk about the metrics I would be paying attention to. Jimmy and Aaron, you be with me and help me do that as we try to drill down. There's a lot more content in the report we're going to send everyone who attended the event. I have several pages of data here that I probably will not go into today. Uh, but I would like to go to your sites. John, I'm going to need your help for that. Submit your URLs using the Q&A feature, and I'm going to visit a subscription site right now. Here's one that just came up. Um, how about now? I'm looking for a subscription site. It's, um, let's let's see which one of these may be. Go to roadmaster.com and see, John, if that's a subscription site for us. 
While John is taking us there, I want to look at that site, and I want to talk to everybody on the phone that's, that is considering a subscription. And by the way, if I was a retailer, I'd also have a subscription site connected to retail. I won't get into the reasons why. But if you are thinking too categorically about business uh, when it comes to the web, you're making a mistake and you're missing the high value that comes with being on the web. Every retailer should be an expert publisher, and most publishers should be a good retailer. And most retailers should be good on the subscription side. And that makes that possible. Perhaps I should teach on that. If you'd like me to, send us a note. All right, so am I looking at a, at a subscription site or is this a lead gen site? Write me if this is your site that you just submitted and we'll see what you say. All right. Truck driving school information. It's a lead gen site. All right. We have it up. We'll use it for now, and then we'll come back in just a moment. All right, so if your business is to use this side, and, I'm, and Jimmy, feel free to jump in, but apparently, apparently they're driving leads to a truck driving school or information related to that, admissions locations. I think that's what they're doing. Uh, there's a lot we would do to optimize this page. Uh, I'll just comment real briskly that the three, the three columns at the bottom are hurting your conversion. The uh, paragraph at the top is not bad, but you're using your most valuable space to promote your nav, and people are going to look for your nav. It needs to be where they can see it, but it shouldn't be taking up the most valuable piece of real estate on the, on your site. You're uh, you're actually losing a lot of value right there, and the and the width and length of the of the of the banner is too it's too tall. You're you're losing really important eye space when someone comes in with a with a, a different web. Uh, resolution, etc. I could. The, the iPath is wrong. Um, the Get Started on a Better Life today on the right hand side doesn't connect with the site unless I understand that I'm going to have a better life because of something I'm going to be learning on this site. And I could go on. I'm just saying this hopefully to help you. But let's just suppose that I get through the site and I click here. I assume you want me to complete this form. Now, the form has friction issues, and there are things that we might be able to do to reduce that dramatically, but I would like to take just a moment and talk about what metrics I'd measure. Well, the first thing I want to do when I'm trying to get the right metrics for a lead set, is my audience okay if I move fast? Because I'm not going to get to enough prototypes if I don't. So bear with me. I don't like to talk fast, but I think I need to talk fast, okay? Here's what I want to know. I want to move two dials on this site. I want to get the most possible leads, and I want to be able to get the most qualified leads, and I'm not going to try to get both on the same form. So I would want to be able to measure, first of all, the number of people who have come to this page, and I'd want to know exactly what they do on this page. Where are they clicking? And it's very important to me not to know how many click through, but where they click through from. That's a very important piece. I'd want to be able to print the page, make it this simple, and write on it by hand, if that's what it takes, the percentage of people clicking on each key link. Then I'd back up and say, is this page doing the heavy lifting it should be doing? Is its work getting done? And if it's not, what's in the mind of the people that are coming to this page and trying to decipher? For me, my mind when I came here was trying to determine what it was that was being sold. I wasn't even clear. It took me too long to figure it out, and it is something connected to our field of expertise. Nevertheless, if you knew that and where they're clicking, then you're going to want to know two things. A, you're going to want to break this page into two forms. And the first form needs to be optimized to get as many people possible to give you an email address and to start the process. Why is that? Because I want to know how many people 
I can possibly get to start the process. That's the next metric I'd want to measure. Now, once I knew that, believe it or not, I would have a second page that they would hit when they filled this one out, and then I want to measure how many people are serious enough to complete the second page. This gives me a dial. The dial on the front end is the number of leads. The second dial, the one I just described, is the quality of the lead. Then I'd want to know what percentage of people from the first dial are converting to sales and how much that's worth, and what percentage of people who've completed the second part of the process have uh, converted to sales and how much that's worth. I would want to know that especially so then I could go back and actually increase or decrease the complexities of the second page to improve the quality of the leads to the exact perfect mix. Now, this is a good example of essential metrics because anyone in the lead generation business already knows they need to measure the number of leads and click-throughs. But the problem is your fancy metrics program is not telling you what you need to know most of all. And that is the difference between the volume of leads and the quality of leads. Typically, we're measuring all of that with one form, and we can't tell the difference. We don't know what's in the mind of the person visiting our site. All we know is that a percentage are completing the form and a percentage are not. By breaking it up this way and saying, okay, there are four things I want to know. I must know these four things. You're going to have a much more uh, effective understanding of what's happening in the mind of the person visiting the site. There's more I want to say, but I'm going to move on to someone else. Here's an e-commerce site. I, I mentioned subscription. If your site is subscription, submit it. Oh, okay, there's one. All right, so I'm going to go to prospector ideas, and then I'm going to go to an e-commerce site. Time's running out. I have eight minutes. I'm watching the people who are still online. So far, you're holding good. If you start to flock away, I shall also. <laughs> I'm looking right now at the next site that's coming up. John's pulling it up. Okay, uh, register now. It's free. Wow. Okay, I'm looking at the site. It's just, um, yeah, it's, 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 if it's a subscription site, I can talk about what I'd want to know, but my, it's hard for me to resist what I would optimize right now because I would thoroughly optimize this differently. Um, I, I do like a short approach measured against the long approach, and you may have done a lot of testing, and you may have found this to be the greatest, uh, but it only works if you have a high-qualified lead coming in with high motivation. So I, I, I'm not sure this is a good one for us to use as an example. I'm going to move on quickly. Uh, no, no offense to the group that submitted it. I just don't think in a short period of time I can help you the way I'd like to help you. So I shall go on to uh, a, an e-commerce site. Someone with an e-commerce site. Let's look at that right now. All right. I'm going to one right now. Diet Classics. All right, let's check this site out, dietclassics.com. Hopefully it's coming up. All right, they're selling supplements. This is a good typical site. All right, so what are the essential metrics I want to know about this particular page or this particular site? Um, you've got problems, by the way, with the site itself. Uh, again, too much real estate. We keep thinking our websites are magazine ads. They're not, and if you build them like magazine ads, you're, you're going to get a, 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 a mitigated conversion ratio. I, the second thing is there's three steps to choosing a diet supplement start now, and it's competing with an equally weighted box on the right-hand side, and I can't tell which one's more important for me. 
The Start Now button gives me some sense that I should click here first, but it makes me question what's that other stuff over on the right-hand side next to it because they're equally weighted in the iPad. That's dangerous. So the first thing I'd want to know on this, just like the lead generation site, is not what is the bounce rate. Nope. It's not what is the click-through rate. It is where are people clicking through. I can aggregate the total. I can look at this page and say, okay, um, if I got 30% clicking here and 20% clicking here and 10% clicking here and that totals X, then I'll know the bounce rate. That's stuff I can always figure out. It doesn't, the bounce rate does not tell me what people are thinking when they come to the site unless I can track the bounce rate from the channel and then say, well, they were expecting X. When they got here, they saw Y, so they left. I only want metrics that help me understand how people are thinking. And so if I go deeper into this, I would say, all right, now if I know where they're going when they come to this site, I might know several things, what they actually see when they come here, and I might also be able to turn what they actually want when they come here. Then I might scramble around what I think they want and put it where they can see it easier and see if my overall click-through is higher. It's that simple. Keep your metrics that simple. Print the page. Circle the number one objective on the page in red. Then take a blue pen and go back and actually write the links that people are clicking on, the percentage of people clicking through. You can get that information. There's lots of metric programs that will help you figure that out. It's worth it to figure that much out. Once they've clicked through, uh, this is, uh, I'm going to try to go to a regular retail product because what I'm going through now is kind of a, a, a subscription product. Let's try reduce. Let's try Slim Quick. All right, I'm clicking on Slim Quick. All right. By the way, I would want to know the percentage of people who who clicked on that button that we just had for Start Now and the Left Nav, just like I did to find your product. And I'd want to know which one was most important. Jimmy, are you on the line? Jimmy Ellis, still? Yep. Yep. T tell us about the configurator that you worked with before. We thought people were using the nav, and tell them what we discovered, Jimmy, and how you changed things. Sure. So what we discovered is that the people that use – this is a memory configurator for, for computers. And the people that use the configurator, which basically they just select, make one selection where it says, you know, select your model of computer, and it will spit out only compatible memory models that will work with your specific computer. And they had all kinds of fun guarantees and, and profile guarantees and satisfaction guarantees and compatibility guarantees for the memory. But what we discovered is the people going through the configurator – converted at a much, much higher rate, I believe it was like 21%, compared to people that went through the navigation that only converted at 2 to 3%. So what we did to, to change the way the site works is we de-emphasized all the navigation links in the layout of the site to funnel people through the configurator. So there's almost no way you, you, you would not hit the configurator and, and, and you choose the nav over the configurator. We wanted you to go out on the configurator. So what happened was, in the results, once we changed the page around, I think they had like a 2 or 3% increase in overall conversion, which was huge for them because their initial conversion was only about uh, 25 to 3%. So, they, so what happened is the balancing effect of the big increase in the configurator balanced with the people that went through the navigation led to an overall increase of about 3%, which I believe was almost double um, their actual But he says 3%. You mean a 3% conversion rate, not a 3% improvement, right? No, it was about 3% improvement aggregate. So – <laughs> there was a percentage okay. increase through the configurator, but overall it had about a 3% increase. It basically yes. doubled the yes. amount. Well, yes. 
Yes. Doubling. I, I, I don't explain that very clear, but it was. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But here's the thing for those of you that are listening. The next metric then that I'd want to know on a product page like this is, of course, how many are starting the process. And it amazes me when I ask a marketer this, but they cannot tell me where they're dropping out in a four-step order process. I want to know the leak points. If I can just know where I'm leaking people, because you're not leaking orders. You're leaking people. You need to know why people are leaving before they complete their order. And if I can see why, and I know that I got a lot of people finishing the first step, but, a, but, but, but uh, very few finishing the second step, I know that there's something going wrong in the thought process on the second step. In this case, I would not only measure where, but I would then print each step in an order process, and I'd want to know where I'm losing those people. I'd print the pages, hang them on a clothesline, or lay them across the floor, and write the numbers on there, and then try to predict the thinking in the mind of the person as they move through the process. For instance, if you say free trial, free trial, free trial, they come to the next step, and you ask for a credit card. you got six different credit card images on the page, and you're wondering, why am I losing people? It's because you said it was free, and now you're asking for their money. Now, does that mean that we don't collect credit cards in a free trial? No, it does not. But if the page isn't designed right, the shock is so sudden that they don't get past it, and you lose them. It's the same problem with a subscription site. So let's back up for a second. Time's almost up. I know that many of you have other appointments that you need to go to, and I'd really appreciate you writing us and telling us if today's event has been helpful for you. But I'm going to go back for a second. I'm trying very hard to get to uh, a subscription site, but I'm conscious of our time. And I want to just suggest for you that uh, in the new report we send out to you, you'll also get an ability to look at the channels and measure what's happening there. While I'm showing that to you, though, I want to back up to a simple page. And I want to use this page to try and drive home one of the most important pieces for you. So let's just look at this right here. In the end, if you're trying to walk away from today with something that will make a difference when you're done, I would suggest, number one, you need to think about metrics as indicators of thought process in the minds of your prospects. And I would say, number two, you need to be focused on a few key metrics and getting those accurate rather than trying to wade through all the data being shoveled at you by your program. Number three, when it gets right down to it, all that you can really measure is the amount and the source and the nature and the results of the activity taking place in your process. And if you can identify which ones of the metrics within those four categories most impact your ROI, focus your entire team around them, use a secondary, even free tool to back up what you are seeing in your primary tool, and if you would be willing to invest the extra one hour to four hours or even a new person just to get your metrics right, you'll be far, far ahead of the competition because most are not getting this piece correct. I get to see into the inside of the largest retailers in the Internet, largest retailers in the world, the largest subscription sites in the world. And do you know what I see? They are so primitive in their ability to collect and interpret data that anyone who focuses on this the way I'm describing will win for themselves a competitive advantage and you'll win by default. 
you don't even have to be good to win. If you could just get the basics right, you're ahead of most everyone else in your space. I will look forward to sending you the report with lots more data and, and information. In the meantime, I do need to draw this to a close. Can I ask you to submit uh, uh, some feedback for us? Did you find this helpful? Has uh, it been good for you? And is there any way we could make it more helpful? We're paying a lot of attention to your data. I've said this to you before, but, I mean, do you know that every single person who responds is measured, put in a report, broken into categories? I meet each week with, with Hunter and representatives from the journal and scientist team, and we actually try to track what we learned about you from the clinic so we can do a better job for you in the next one. We don't charge for these. There's $10 million of the research on our site. You can get to that research at no cost, and the clinic is also at no cost. So pass this information along to a friend. That's all that we ask. And if you're planning on attending the, the, the landing page optimization workshop in Ponte Vedra and you're on these clinics, come up and meet me. The team will be here, our scientist group, guys you hear on this phone call, and our other leaders, and I'm going to be personally teaching that. As we, we don't, we're not just going to optimize the page. Uh, our, our teacher certification, we're actually going to have you bring your pages, and we're going to optimize them live together in this event for a day and a half. Uh, having said all that, I'm going to ask you, if you're still on the line, and you can, I'm going to open a poll to tell me what you'd like us to talk about in our next live optimization clinic. This is when we actually take your collateral and optimize it. So I'm going to open the poll. If you want to influence what we do next in a clinic, then go ahead and vote here if you're still left um, on the line. I think most of you are. So just take a moment and, uh, and tell us. Would you like us to look at your paid search, your email messaging, your landing pages, your subscription paths, your e-commerce sites? We're going to take this from the audience, your, your collateral, your websites, and work on them live as we've done in the past, and we just want you to participate in the poll. And uh, did I open it properly? All right. Good. While you're doing that, we're reading your results. We thank you for all your kindness to us and for your trust, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again in one week. I'm going to close things out, but I am going to leave the poll open so you can continue to vote on that, and I'm especially watching your feedback on today's clinic. Some of you do not see a poll. We've opened it. We should see it, but we don't. <laughs> we don't know why. It must be a problem with our provider, which is GoToMeeting at this point. So uh, just write it in your suggestions using the Q&A feature. You can, uh, you know, paid search. Do you want us to look at your paid search ads, your email messages, your landing pages, your subscription paths, your e-commerce sites? Just tell us. And we will we'll read the results that you put in rather than use the poll itself. All right. Thank you again. We'll be back in a week.